This week, cars can lose their steering wheels, Blizzard will test their PvP, and gamers can listen to Square Enix music. It's Monday, March 14th, 2021, and this is episode 619 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and PilchPoint, or on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is uh, you can join us live normally on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you, uh, there you can chat with us uh, in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you can't join us live, that's okay. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe and there you'll see all of our shows including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. Uh, and of course, you can find all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right, as I mentioned, it's Monday, which is unusual for us. Uh, that's because we had an event over at Amrock last night, which was a ton of fun. Uh, but it's good to be back, Avram. Yeah, it's, gr- it's great to be back. It's... Uh... It's uh, really cool, really cool to be back to be back talking tech as always. <laughs> so, how has your week been? Not bad. Uh, you know, just planning a lot of new content things that we're going into for the next, you know, kind of six months on Tom's hardware. So we have to have mm. all these meetings and talk about what are you going <laughs> to sure. do and not do and stuff. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so that's some some work, but. Uh, you know, I had um, nice break this weekend. Got to watch some movies with the kids. Um, Excellent. My son is. I got to borrow from work an Oculus Quest Two, uh, and so my son is like, but he's the one who's used it, gotten to use it. I haven't used it at <laughs> all yet. He he wanted he wanted me to borrow it because he wanted to play Minecraft on it, of which course. he managed to, which he managed to do. So, um, in, in like three or four different ways, I have to try and write an article about all the ways he did it, but I don't even understand them, but, um, there's like several different editions. He could did the Java edition and the bedrock edition, and then he did it both via uh, wirelessly and, um, and wired connection to my PC. And, uh, there's some way you can sideload and, a mobile app onto it that will let you side do it quest independently. side yes exactly <laughs> so um i think it's called yeah so all that stuff so yeah he um uh, a ton of 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 stuff with it i personally have not gotten to use it but um i guess i will before i return it uh, he wants <laughs> he wants one for his birthday next month so have you used the Oculus Quest 2 at all? There is one sitting on my desk out there right now. I've been doing development work on it for the last three weeks, 
and uh, when this project is complete, I never want to look at one again. <laughs> Why? Oh, developing the for the Oculus is the bit. worst. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, if you didn't have to program for it and you were just a user. I don't know. I've uh, I've certainly played around uh, with, with some stuff. Um, this one came preloaded with, I don't know, a hundred something different things on it. Um, and I have tried to care. Uh, Alante says in the chat, that's been fun to witness. Uh, speaking of my my uh, uh, descent into madness in dealing with with this thing, um, but yeah, um, I haven't found anything I care about. Um, I haven't really found anything that I've enjoyed on it. Although um, I know that uh, Noel enjoyed something on it. Alante played around with it and didn't seem annoyed by it. Um, but I I haven't found anything that I care about. But VR. I think I've always been clear. I've never cared about virtual reality. Um, I was supposed to be on an augmented reality project right now with a HoloLens, and I'm not. I'm doing VR, and it makes me very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, fair, fair enough. <laughs> I, I have to see whether it makes me nauseous. I haven't used it. And then the other little side project we have going on here is is trying to figure out which switch is that which clicky switch is the clickiest yep so so i have i bought a bunch and like this uh normally i like the kale box white yep. but um which has been my favorite but there's a special rare one that i just ordered from china called the box white owl which yes. looks almost identical except there's a gray casing but it it uh supposedly somewhat lighter click and then I have another that bag was, of that was the one that yeah. Aver, that uh, what's his name Alante wanted uh, not Avram that's you what uh, that that Alante wanted was looking forward to hearing your uh, your final take on yeah I have to get a final take and then you know uh, I've been using the yellow ones for like a week uh, mm -hmm. the and the yellow ones are the noble yellow um, box noble yellows are okay they're like so, they're a little mushy when you get to the bottom part. So I'm next going to try these glazed greens, uh, which are supposed to be a lot like the whites. And then I'm going to switch to the white owls and probably I will find that the white owls are the best. But um, that's my guess because of just using them outside of the right, like outside of the keyboard. But uh, one thing I would recommend to anybody who is testing key switches and wants to figure out if they're right for you, it buy at least 30 of them so that you can try them on the letter keys and like your space bar and and your enter key or whatever so you at least have them on the major keys right uh, but you don't have to commit to say buying 80 or 100 which is more money uh until you decide you really like them so makes sense and uh alante says hmm don't like the mushy landing of keys that's the problem i have yeah. with blue switches yeah yeah i mean um so who knows? Anyway, I would I would try even more kinds if I if I dared to spend the money on it. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, so that's what's been going on here. Fun, and what's been going on here has been Oculus stuff as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if we've announced this or not. Um, but now that CES is done and we have some time to play around, um, Alante and I have been playing a game on the Hololens called Fragments. And uh, since it's really easy to uh, cast 
the video off the HoloLens. Uh, we're going to stream that coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to stream the game. Uh, it should be a ton of fun uh, to, to stream it. To the best of my knowledge, I have not seen it listed on Twitch. So mm. we may be the first. <laughs> It is a, a pretty niche $3,500 piece of equipment, so it makes sense that <laughs> that there hasn't been a lot of streaming on it, but uh, we're going to do it because it seems like seems like it'll be fun uh, to do because it's a really cool game. Anyway, not entirely related, but it's something that's uh, going to be unique that's going to be coming to our Twitch channel. Uh, we will make some posts on uh, the Plugheads Live Facebook and Twitter before we do it, though, so... Keep an eye out there. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. But we have got a lot of things to talk about tonight. So let's get down to it. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, new games, or a whole lot more. You can get them at the Microsoft Store, and remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost anything. And to browse the products and learn about the discount, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Alright, so... Obviously, we've seen a lot of work in driverless cars, autonomous cars, the whole ecosystem around it over the last couple of years. Uh, there have been some ups. There have been some downs. We obviously, a couple months ago, we had the conversation about the uh, the Nikola trucks that turned out to have been an absolute lie. Um, we've talked about you know some tragedies with the uh, some of the the autopilot on the the Teslas. But in general, I rode in an autonomous. Uh, uh, Lyft during CES, I don't know, when was the last in, per the last in person I was at, 2020? Uh, I got to ride in an autonomous Lyft, and it seemed pretty solid, but there's one thing that's been consistent across all of them. There's been somebody sitting in the driver's seat with a steering wheel in front of them, ready to take over in case something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Um, but that is not entirely going to be required um, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration uh, has upgraded its guidance or downgraded its guidance, depending on how you look at it, um, to allow vehicles without a steering wheel and pedals, which is something that has obviously never been allowed before because a human needs a way to interact with and control the vehicle, and that has been the standardized way to do it for a very, very long time. Um, but with uh, level five autonomous vehicles on the horizon, the organization feels that it's uh, it's an okay time to to make this change. I don't know about that, but it's definitely an interesting first step. There's a lot more to come, right? We've got all you know. States have to approve them for the road. And there's you know there's going to be a whole lot more, and level five has to exist in any meaningful way but it's a first well, step to be fair 
it does exist in some there are actually a couple areas did you know there are a couple areas where it does exist already level where five? there are driverless cars yeah okay uh meaning no drive no safety human driver yes um waymo in uh i forget what part of arizona uh has been doing this for a few years mm-hmm. where you can get a you can get a a uh driverless like cab that um and they don't have a backup driver in them anymore interesting yeah did you know there's some videos about it you can watch on i've seen on youtube and it's been going on for like two three years now okay Uh, but that's the only you know now if you unfortunately if you were there and you wanted to say book a ride um it you have to like reserve it like a year in advance (laughs) Oh my goodness. Not very convenient at this time. I looked it up once. I was like, hey, if I went there, not that I would. Oh, it's in Phoenix, I should okay. say. Uh, oh, and oh, yeah. So Metro Phoenix. And then uh, they're working on te- on bringing it to San Francisco. But yes, Waymo One is what they call it. It's ride hailing and you can get the car. But I think I saw, I looked this up and I was like, you couldn't just easily get it, which to me kind of defeats the purpose because like if there's a waiting list like it's just a novelty then right, right? um yeah it's a tourist attraction not, uh or something but um but yeah they have it now and they there was like a whole document they have some documentaries about it on youtube and like on the one hand when you say well actually when we say it's level five i should say there's no driver in the car but all the cars are being kind of monitored Okay. remotely by people in a data center or whatever so i mean i don't think they're manually controlling them i don't think it's like remote control but they can i don't know override it or something okay so so there is that and then there's the Domino's thing where they have the Domino's deliveries uh that are by neuro that are um completely driverless I think okay. that's in Houston. Yeah. There's a couple of weird things in Houston. Um, on on the GNC Weekend Review show, we talked about uh, autonomous deliveries via drone being tested. And I was like, of all the places to test that, the city where it's almost certain to be shot out of the sky doesn't seem like a <laughs> place to do it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's almost, I mean, I don't know if there's that, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the, so, I mean, we are seeing some steps in this direction, obviously it's, this is a, a, a positive step that they're going this route. I mean, yeah, I think the Waymo cars that they have still have the steer, even though no one is is driving them. it they still have the steering wheel and the brakes of course right. that i think they're i think they're I think, I think they wouldn't be allowed to un, until now yes. i don't think they could do it i think they had to have the steering wheel and pedals uh until this regulation happened like thursday <laughs> although the neuro thing might not have had them but i don't know does it matter does it matter if there's no person in the car like because yes. the neuro one there's no person Nobody yes. rides in it; just pizza rides in it. That that so makes it a different type of vehicle, and it's regulated differently. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm a fan of the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
of, of self-driving cars. It's, I know people like to feel in control. I know a lot of people are like, I'll never go in a self-driving car. I don't trust it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, there's so many, so much else that goes, the main thing I'm concerned about self-driving cars, what a lot of people is, is uh, are concerned about is how to self, how are self-driving cars going to interact with the horrible human drivers that are on the road? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like if right. every car was a self-driving car, I think ever I think we'd be in fantastic shape, but, but, you know, you've got crazy people on the road trying to like race and all that stuff. I mean, the thing yeah. that I named you, the Waymo is, does not go on a highway. It's local roads, right? Gotcha. So, I mean, I don't think it goes on any, even any local highways. So local you know, roads so, can be dangerous too, in fairness. Yes. Yes. This is true. But I, I don't know. I'm just used to. I don't know if people are better drivers in Florida, but like here, here in New York, we see people every time we're on the highway. We see people like cut three lanes over and weave in and out and all that crazy stuff. And I can't imagine what a self-driving car would think about that. I'm sorry. I need to. I need to make sure that I heard you right. You just. You just asked if drivers are better in Florida. I didn't think so, but you know, I haven't I haven't witnessed a driving there in a while. It's been a while, no, uh, and I our, have witnessed driving our problem, here. And it's pretty terrible. See, our problem here is that we have your drivers trying to drive on the same road as the drivers from California, and who drive differently. And when they start interacting on the road, ooh, chaos ensues. Yes, so. You know, I th that's I think that's a, a concern, but drivers I, are horrible here from chat. <laughs> but indeed, I I I for one I don't like I like I don't like to drive. Like I like to go places. Mm -hmm. I like the freedom of having a car, but the actual act of driving is is it's work. It's yeah, like it's 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 work. It's. I'd rather be doing something else with that time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's stressful. I mean, I would. I would so much rather that like I could just sit in the car and like read a phone or play a video game or whatever while the car is going somewhere. Yep. You know. So that. I mean that. I. I think that would be. I think that would be lovely. And then you have a whole bunch of people who are really shouldn't be driving. You know, older folks who really can't drive anymore. True. Um, folks who are maybe inebriated. Uh, I mean, one one interesting question I have, and I don't think anyone really has an answer right now, is would you trust a self-driving car to take your kids somewhere by themselves? Uh, and so, by, I don't mean like young, young kids, but I mean, right. would you trust it to take like your 10-year-old to soccer practice? Right. And so one of the... Uh, one of the topics that, that came up in our sumo office many years ago uh, was was around safety and, uh, you know, the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect to be acceptable. It just has to be better than people. Uh, yes, and, but the minute that the minute that someone dies in one and I like that there's some serious accident in one, then it then people are going to say, oh, this is terrible. Even mm -hmm. though the comparison, it may not be a fair comparison because the amount of, it's just like, 
how many people die in plane crashes versus car crashes it's right it's so much more in favor of car crashes right. but the any time of uh one plane crashes people say oh man i'm so afraid to fly so international I think news the publicity i think the publicity around yeah i think I mean, there has to be so cautious because the publicity yeah look at what happened at ces right there was the there was the the car a couple years ago that hit somebody out in front of North Hall, um, under under the little overpass there to what is now the West Hall. Um, the, that I mean, that made international news. The person I don't right. if I remember correctly, the person wasn't even seriously injured, and that made international news partially because it happened at CES, and that was, you know. Right. sensational and, and fun for the, the writers. But I mean, that was, that was everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, they have to be really careful just because of all this negative publicity right. and all the potential of negative publicity. It's really hard. Like you can see how negative publicity can kind of sink, sink a whole category. I mean, you, you could argue, you could well argue that augmented reality uh, glasses were sunk by Google Glass. Yeah. Right? I mean, they were sunk by, I don't know, some people being jerky about it and a picture of Robert Scoble in the shower wearing it and and and, and all that stuff. Thanks. Uh, I had forgotten about that. Thanks. Right. <laughs> right. They were they were sunk. They were sunk by that. So mm -hmm. I can totally understand why uh, they're being, they've been super cautious about this. Yeah. And... Why people why, are super why Microsoft has focused on on the the business side of things and not the consumer side of things, stuff like that. Yeah, it all makes sense. You mean like you mean like shipping? You mean like trucks and things like that? I mean with like with the Hololens, they haven't focused on trying oh, to make oh, yes, a consumer version of it. Cars. But we were talking about oh, like talking augmented about cars reality. Again. Okay, yeah. I thought. We were, yeah, but like with yeah. augmented reality, we were talking about it with it yeah. AR. Yeah. You know, Microsoft has could make a consumer version of it, but they haven't because they don't want the uh, they don't want a nickname like Google Glass got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's ways around that, but yeah, yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to say. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to be the car comp the company behind the self driving car that 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 gets in a crash and kills someone or runs somebody right. over. Uh, or, or anything like that. On the other hand, like I really hope we'll get to a point where people will say, like, "Hey, this is infinitely safer than people driving cars." But I don't know when that point will right. be because we still haven't seen them on the highway in you know seriously difficult traffic conditions. And uh, I think another interesting question is, what will this do to car ownership? Like every instance I right. see, I've seen of this is people using it for ride hailing services. But if you if you really wanted to replace human drivers, you would need to create a scenario where people could uh, people could own a self driving car uh, mm -hmm. or or rent one or something because there's just it's it, I, I it's just you can't have a such right now you can't have a situation where people cannot have have a car because there are things you need to keep in your car like if you have kids you need a car seat you need to keep the diapers you need whatever so to right, just do everything right. through 
through ride hailing to go everywhere is just not is not practical. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. It's definitely going to be uh, interesting. Right now that now that you know the federal government thinks that we're at a point where this is that this is uh, acceptable to consider um, and to to put the first step of this. Uh, at the federal level, now to move it uh, to the states. Now the states have to also individually, you know, accept this guidance uh, and make it okay for them to be on the streets. But you know, it's it's step one, um, which means that at some point we will get to see these things. So uh, obviously, what kind of timeline are we looking for? I, mean, I don't know, but <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's it's step one, and uh, we'll see how long it takes. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN, the best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. All right. We've, we've been on and off. <laughs> <laughs> recently and uh that caused us to to miss a particular topic which is kind of special uh for today because today's pie day yes so we are uh we're doing this now on march 14th otherwise known as pie day for the first three digits of pie and uh so what better day to talk about raspberry pi Actually, there was a better day, to be fair, and that better day was February 28th, which marked the 10th anniversary of the first Raspberry Pi shipping, uh, first Raspberry Pi being available. Actually, if you really want to be technical, it was February 29th, 2012. However, since uh, there is no February 29th this year, we all celebrated on Monday the 28th. So... Um, it's been quite the journey for Raspberry Pi, having sold uh, well over 40 million units in that in that 10 year time period. And uh, speaking of which, I have one in a robot right here. This is a Trillo, a Pimeroni Trillobot that my son and I just uh, just built a couple days ago. And you can see in here there is a Raspberry Pi 4, which is uh, the kind of latest and greatest model. And, uh, but there have been uh, over, there have been more than 20 different models of Raspberry Pi released in these 10 years. Uh, the latest one to come out was actually the Raspberry Pi 02W, which I have over here somewhere, which is a um which is a kind of a smaller one that runs on only single core processor uh obviously the fastest is the pi 4b the fastest is to get the pi 4b with eight gigabytes uh 
But um, just a quick note, uh, Raspberry Pi is also uh, subject to some shortages right now. It is very difficult to find a new Raspberry Pi in stock. Um, there are people scalping them on Amazon and eBay for like well over $100 for like a two gigabyte model, which should cost $45 uh, MSRP. So there's huge demand. And like everybody else, uh, Raspberry Pi has been hit by some uh, availability issues. Um, however, this is a really long way to go for something that was started as kind of the, the brainchild of a couple of folks, uh, mainly uh, Evan Upton and uh, Pete Lomas uh, back in, you know, I think it was around 2008, 2009, where they came up with the idea. Um, Upton was uh, working for Broadcom, but he also was working uh, with Cambridge University in England, and they weren't getting enough um, applicants for their computer science program. And they thought there's just not enough um not enough people apply, not enough people applying. There's not enough kids who are getting interested in computers and programming. So they decide, okay, what we're going to do is we are going to um, come up with a low cost computer that costs around 35 us dollars that kids can, you know, kids can hack and play around with, and we're going to make a thousand of them. Uh, if we can get the right thousand kids uh, to have them, then maybe we can get another 200 or 300 applications eventually to uh, Cambridge Computer Science Program. That was the very minimal goal of this project. Um, however, uh, once they started working on it, they realized a lot more people would want one. And, uh, and so it started to become a much bigger project. One of the things that um, was actually uh, Pete Lomas's idea was, and very important, was to put the, this is a Raspberry Pi 3B, by the way, uh, was to put the, these 40 GPIO pins on it. So the GPIO pins are really important because they allow you to use uh, all kinds of electronics with it, plug-in wires, sensors, motors, and there's a whole ecosystem of what we call hats, which are stands for hardware attached on top, which are things that you can put on top of your Raspberry Pi to give it different functionality. So, for example, uh, here I have one, a Raspberry Pi 4, that has a unicorn hat on it. And the unicorn hat, very simply, is it uh, you can program it to light up different colors. It's just... Uh, this one is just mainly LED lights, but uh, I have another hat here. This is a, I mean, some of these are a little cute and not super, super practical, but this is a Christmas tree hat. Um, we don't always need practical have, friend. Yes, yes, yes. We don't always need practical. Um, this is the Adafruit Braincraft hat. Uh, this is used to help you learn about AI. So it's got a screen and it's got lights and it connects to speaker and microphone and uh camera uh and you can um use you can use this to take advantage of uh the ai capabilities of uh raspberry pi 4 which is not super fast but you can um you can use um 
you can do some machine machine learning on here. So, um, of course, the latest, the, the biggest uh, thing to happen in Raspberry Pi in the last few years is this. Uh, this is the Raspberry Pi Pico, which yes. came out last year, and it is not like other Raspberry Pis. So all Raspberry Pis before the Pico were computers. They run a version. They run Linux. They actually can run many different operating systems, but the main one people run on there is Raspberry Pi OS, which is a version of Debian Linux, uh, and very well supported. These, however, are the Pico is a microcontroller. So for those keeping score at home, a microcontroller is not quite a computer. It doesn't boot up to an operating system. It runs a single program that you tell it to run. And generally speaking, uh, it is really good for simple electronics projects where you don't want the heavy overhead of waiting for something to boot up and having to program it through the operating system. Let's say you just want it to like, hey, I just want it to light up to light up lights, or I just want it to move a motor, or you know, respond to, or I want to build a keyboard with this, which folks are doing now, and I want this to to handle the input from the keys and pass it along to the computer. So you program this in, you can program this in C, you can program it in in MicroPython or CircuitPython, um, but it is a microcontroller. So these are really cheap. These are four dollars and you can um, you can do a lot with them, and folks have actually taken the CPU from this, the RP twenty forty, and put it into other devices like this thing over here, which is a macro pad, so um, which is run by an RP twenty forty chip inside. So um, so there. So obviously, ten years, a lot has a lot has happened in in Raspberry Pi world. Um, some other quick Raspberry Pi facts are that. Um, are that the are that there are multiple Raspberry Pis on the International Space Station? There were originally there were two first generation Astro Pis, which were you know which were the old you know like old like single core uh, processor Raspberry Pis. But this past year they upgraded it to new Astro Pis that are based on the Raspberry Pi four and have a high high res camera and um children in Europe can actually compete to have their programs run on these Raspberry Pis on the space station. Um, so uh, so that's so that's pretty cool. Um, so there's um, there's a lot obviously a lot to, to find out at um, a lot of projects you can do. Uh, so I really encourage folks to check out tomshardware.com where we have a lot of getting started articles. Now, if you want a Raspberry Pi today, it is hard to get your hands on one, but there are a couple of ways. One, you could get this. This is a Raspberry Pi 400. So it's a keyboard with a Raspberry Pi built in, Raspberry Pi 4 built into it. And you can see that the GPIOs and all the ports are on the back. So these are readily available and they're $70 and they have the four gigabyte Raspberry Pi in it. So the four gigabyte Raspberry Pi alone is $55. So it's really only $15 more to get it in here. The main thing is this isn't great. You can get an adapter to or a cable or whatever, but it's not great for you for putting hats on because of you can't, you know, you can't take the pie out of it. So it's 
you know, you're going to have to plug things in over here, which is not quite the same orientation as having a little board, like a little board, uh, like the one, like the other ones I showed you that are stuck with wires, uh, like this. But yeah, uh, this is readily, easily readily available. Also, there are kits available on Amazon and elsewhere that come with some of the components that you'll need to really make the most of your Raspberry Pi, like a power adapter, a case, maybe some electronics, and that come with the Pi. And those are, are readily available and not quite as badly marked up as buying the board by itself. So, uh, the, so that's that's my advice for for getting started. There's a lot of great things that you can do as an adult or with your kids. You can set up Raspberry Pi as a web server. You can use it to build robots. You can use it for, for uh, video conferencing. You can use it as a compute as a standalone computer, although not, not the world's most powerful one, but you can. Um, and uh, so anyway, and of course we cover Prod, new projects involving Raspberry Pi every single day on Tom'sHardware.com, and we have a Raspberry Pi projects, the best Raspberry Pi projects of the month uh, that we cover there as well. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I love that part. Uh, I also love the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so also every Tuesday at 2:30 p.m. Eastern, uh, I do a show called the Piecast, which is all about the Raspberry Pi. He definitely likes it. If you can't, if you hadn't figured that out already, it's... yeah, yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it's 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 cool that it worked out that we got to talk about this tonight. Um, obviously, the Raspberry Pi kind of changed things, right? Um, yes. In the, in the maker community, Raspberry Pi changed things, like you said, in a way that they weren't prepared for. Uh, it was not their intention to change the industry, uh, yeah, but it's yeah, definitely I mean, what happened. There are other single board computers out there, but the real strength of this is the community. There's mm -hmm. like millions and millions and millions of people, and there's big industry who uses it and stuff like that. So there's just been a lot of programming for it, tutorials for it, accessories for it. So even though there are a lot of imitators out there, like the banana pie right um <laughs> they don't run all the same software they're not compatible with all the hardware they don't have the the community behind them and so even if they might have a slightly more powerful cpu on them or uh you know more ports or, or something like that it's just not as good because you don't have the ecosystem and the community behind them right yeah well I know there's a lot of interesting stuff out there happening all the time. We saw uh, uh, a little while ago the uh, the whole house LED holiday light display that was insane. Um, so I, there's all kinds of interesting stuff that you can do, and I always love uh, seeing what people are doing with your, your top projects. So I... Yeah. I appreciate that, and I always appreciate getting to talk about interesting stuff, and I look forward to what we talk about next time.
this week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by EXA. Uh, EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround sound, plus extra features like dual mics and low latency uh, into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC, plus they won't, won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions that are going on by going to f5live.tv slash exa. I have to say real quick, uh, if you've watched the last couple of weeks, you'll notice that the company name is now spelled right above Avram's head. I fixed that while Avram was talking in the last segment. Uh, <laughs> in a bit of a panic move. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... We've talked about Blizzard recently. Uh, they've been in a bit of chaos. Uh, the purchase by Microsoft may or may not go through based on regulators. Um, but they've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. We know uh, Diablo 4 is in the works. Um, but it's all about Overwatch 2 right now. Um, the company decided to do the same thing that Microsoft did uh, with Halo Infinite and split the PvP out from the uh, single-player campaign so that they could bring the PvP to market faster. Uh, when it comes to Overwatch, honestly, for most people, it's about the, the multiplayer anyway. So it does make sense. Uh, the timeline was definitely screwed up on this because of, uh, because of lockdowns and, you know, all the development delays that went along with the chaos happening over at Blizzard HQ, uh, but the good news is that the PvP has been in alpha within the company uh, for a little while now, and next month, a public-ish uh, beta of the, the Overwatch 2 PvP will be coming uh, to Battle.net, which is a good step, right? That That's a sign that they're confident in the gameplay they want to see a first round of play. And it's really kind of the first big thing to happen in the Blizzard world since all the chaos uh, came to light last year. The company pretty much said, whoop, timelines are changing. We don't know what's going to happen next. So everybody just hold on because we don't know what's happening next. Um, and so it's, it's good to see there is a next step. There is... Something coming out of the studio now. Um, and it's in w possibly their top franchise right now. Have you... Uh, well, have you, that's good. Have, have you had the opportunity to play any Overwatch? No, I, I have not played... I have not... I have must admit, I have not played Overwatch. Uh, we seem to be all Minecraft around here. I don't... I don't particularly play Minecraft, but I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons, which is more of like a 3D, mm -hmm. uh, like a, not 3D, uh, top-down Diablo-style game, which is more okay. uh, more my speed. Sure. But, uh, I mean, I know I know it's quite a popular game. A lot of folks at work play it. So it's good that it's good that we're providing, that they're providing a way for more people to, for people to get a taste of the new game and 
it, it, you're right. It is a different experience when you're playing a PvP game than when you're playing uh, when you're playing campaign. Yeah. So they might as well sure. be different games. Right. And and you know they they wanted to get the PvP out to market. And Alante, if you want to come talk about it, this is his game. Uh, you're Ooh. welcome to. Uh, he's like, I should have been on for this one. I've played way too much Overwatch. Yeah, come talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I will stand up and you can have my chair. Uh, and it's true. Um, you know, when it comes to Overwatch, it really is about the PvP, right? Um, that's, that's the market. And I tried to play, uh, the, the first one without people, <laughs> And it kept going, hey, this is more fun with people. No, I don't want to play with people. <laughs> I'm generally not an online multiplayer person. I'm fine playing against computers. And it's like, no, more fun online. This is just training mode. Uh. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, their whole focus has been PvP. So, you know, it definitely makes sense to split them into two to get the PvP out to market first. They can reshift some resources inside, inside the company to get the PvP out. Um, so definitely looking forward to uh, to to seeing the game in action. Um, like Alante said, he has played way too much Overwatch, and I have watched him play way too much Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> it is interestingly like so. I know I know we have people watching on Twitch. I'm watching the stats. I see we have people watching on Twitch. I generally don't watch people play games but i can pl watch people play overwatch i don't know why it's fascinating to watch um so that adds an interesting aspect to it too right they they're going to get additional exposure to the title <laughs> by putting the pvp out because i guarantee the moment it's available <laughs> uh for for beta um it's going to be the top game on Twitch. <laughs> no, no doubt in my mind, it'll be the top game on Twitch. So that'll yeah, be fun well, to watch. Yeah, that 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 will be cool. I mean, obviously, that's gonna that's going to be it's going to have its moment in the sun. Like I think the last few weeks, Elden Ring has had its moment in the sun. Yeah. So, um, Alante says it's, which means he's not gonna come take my chair it's really colorful really fast and fairly unique i think that's why it's fun to watch yeah that makes sense and everybody has Ooh. tried to clone it right everybody has tried to clone it uh and nobody has been able to touch it because it is it is unique um so i look forward to seeing how they how they make a second game a second game, right? And not just DLC for the first game, right? That when, when it comes to this style of gameplay, it's, it's hard to make it a second game. I know how um, uh, Splatoon has done it. I've watched, you know, the, the evolution of that game, and they are different games, Um but it'll be interesting to see how they manage to, to pull that off here and not just make it feel like a DLC. Um, so 
April is when the uh, the beta will be out. Um, if you want to participate, you've got to go to your Battle.net um, and, and uh, sign in. Go over to the Overwatch page and apply for the beta. Not everybody is going to uh, going to be accepted, so definitely go uh, get in there now. Would my, be my recommendation. I don't know if it's going to be done by lottery, but uh, being at the top of the list is almost never a problem for these types of things. Um, Alante says they're changing the format from six v six to five v five, which I definitely uh, read a lot about. They talked about that they specifically wanted to unclutter the battlefield, I think was the, the specific quote uh, from somebody at Blizzard. Uh, that's going to change the, the gameplay a lot. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the beta. Uh, I will definitely be watching it when it comes out uh, from a couple of our favorite streamers. So we will keep you updated on what's going on. But again, remember, go sign into your Battle.net <laughs> if you want to participate. This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebyte. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebyte Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. Uh, it actively blocks threats like worms, trojans, exploits, bots, and a whole lot more. You can use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. This week has been uh, a confusing one <laughs> for those in the cryptocurrency space. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of chaos in the space. We've seen uh, Bitcoin hit its highest uh, price in history and then its lowest price in years, uh, <laughs> which is a concern. Uh, and anytime you see that much fluctuation, as we've talked about, you're going to see governments look to get involved. And this week, two different governments got involved in different ways. Uh, here in the U.S., President Biden signed an executive order uh, asking the regulatory uh, bodies to go check out uh, what's happening and see if any action needs to be taken. That is currently the stand on it. Go look, see if any action needs to be taken. Uh, that I think that was kind of inevitable um, that that was that that was going to come. We were going to see that uh, there was kind of no way around it. Um, but over on the other side of the pond in the UK, they took an interesting and very strong stand. Uh, they have banned uh, cryptocurrency ATMs. Uh, particularly they believe that they are uh, not just facilitating but encouraging money laundering. Not entirely an insane uh, place, you know, position to take, especially with, you know, everything that's going on in Europe right now. Uh, there was concerns that the money could be used, you know, laundered through these ATMs and then uh, sent in to support Russia and or Ukraine, depending on what side... Uh, you're taking 
in the uh, in the conflict. They didn't want to be involved in that. Uh, there's also, you know, <clears throat> I have I have cash. I want to make it different cash, <laughs> or I want to pay my drug dealer or whatever. You know, purchase illicit materials, and they believed that the ATMs made that easier. So they are no longer allowed anywhere in the UK. An interesting move. Uh, not necessarily one that I suspect we will see here uh, following this investigation from this executive order, though. What do you think, Abram? So I think there's a lot going on here, um, obviously. the there's I think governments are of kind of a split mind as the public is. For, for once, you know, China banned crypto, I think, last year. Was it last year or the year before that China yeah. banned it? So, uh, last year, I so, think. Yeah. So, actually, given except, the... Except their own, right? Except Chia? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but nobody cares about Chia anymore anyway. Chia is not, Chia is not, is not uh, owned by the Chinese government. Um. But it was it was but, significantly more popular there. I think is what it was. I think Something. I think so. But it's already it's reached a point of saturation now where Chia is worthless. I think. Um, yeah, twenty twenty one. But, but, um, especially given the kind of oil, the the oil and gas energy issues right now, uh, crypto is a serious drain on the um, on the global energy supply. So Bitcoin alone uses more electricity than the country of the Netherlands, right? An and interesting statistic. Counting, yes. And that's not counting, uh, of course, uh, Ethereum or Dogecoin or any of the others. So all told, uh, the amount the amount of electricity used the carbon footprint all that stuff is a disaster for the environment and a disaster for um you know the cost and, and responsible use of energy so i think governments are kind of warming up to that problem uh at the same time it's a problem that may get a little bit better as you move from uh, proof of stake, proof of work mm -hmm. to proof of stake. So we we may see, as I think I talked about when talking about the video card situation a few weeks ago, that we may see as Ethereum moves to proof of, of stake. Um, well, that at least that will at least help with ethereum and with video cards because ethereum is the main is the main coin that's mined on pcs whereas bitcoin right. is mined on dedicated systems called asics uh, but whatever the case you're, you're still having a lot of electricity used obviously it can, it's uh can be used very effectively by by criminals there's also the fact that crypto is actually some of the most valuable currency right now in russia so where people are, where other governments are trying to kind of shut Russia out of the global economy, they, they are still, I think you, the exchanges, the crypto exchanges are still going, are still going in Russia, at least that's what I heard. So yeah. 
they're, they've they've taken pretty pretty uh, solid stands on that point too. Until until some government puts too much pressure on them, they will remain. Yeah. Also, I, it's hard for me to see the Russian government putting pressure on them to leave, uh, unless they unless they see that as a way for people that people are taking money out of the country. I don't know. Then that would be a problem. But but it's so you can see on the other hand it's very popular a lot of people are using it i saw a commercial yesterday for turning your retirement fund into an investment in crypto and you could fascinating like pay you could pay you could like defer tax payment on it like you do with your with your ira hmm. or your 401k or whatever so it's um so clearly there's a strong future for crypto, but there's also lots of reasons for governments to be skeptical. So I don't know what this this move means. I, I mean, I think what it means is the government is going to try to figure out something. There may be some kind of regulation that they want to put in place. And it might be a positive regulation because there's certainly a lot of people who are losing their, uh, you know, losing their shirt on investing in crypto. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of a lot of services that are really um, ripping people off because of the excitement about crypto. So, you know, it probably makes sense. But on the other hand, the whole point of cryptocurrency is that it is stateless currency that uh -huh. is not tied to particular backed by particular government, uh, which is why people like it. The other crypto thing that I just want to say that I saw recently, which really showed me that crypto is starting to go more mainstream is that uh, on new egg, there's a lot of things now where you can pay with, for them with crypto, which, you know, I don't think there are that many stores that is new, I think. And there's not, not been that many stores that will accept crypto as a payment method. There, there was a, there was a push on it a couple of years ago um, the Microsoft store had the ability to pay in Bitcoin there, but none of them lasted more than like six weeks. And then boom, they were gone. Uh, unceremoniously pulled from everywhere all at once. Uh, I don't know what it was about. I don't, I don't pretend to have any idea what happened there. Um, but, but yeah, now we're starting to see it come, come in like, Officially, you know what I mean? Because all that seemed like an experiment that went horribly wrong and was abandoned quickly. Um, and then, but now, now it seems like the stores are, are bringing it out. I think PayPal has the, has a Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum built into payments, uh, into their payment systems now. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely hitting the mainstream. Yeah, so... I mean, they, so it's hitting the mainstream, but governments are understandably wary of it for a lot of reasons. Partially because it's hitting the mainstream, right? When it yes, when it was fringe, and and uh, a very small percentage of people were involved in it, they could kind of pretend that it didn't exist. But you know, now we've got we've got kind of there was a some survey I heard. Um, 80% of people were at least aware of 
what the term meant in in some accurate way and like 53% of people had invested in it in one way shape or form uh likely through something like Robin Hood where you don't quite own it but that's a whole different thing um and then you know we did that we did that whole dating safety and security uh topic a couple months ago and that was that was taking advantage of of cryptocurrency so you know that when scams start to show up that's a good indication that something has become mainstream so yeah. i think i think all of that is probably the reason why we are where we are now where we're seeing uh the government start to get involved and try and figure out where they fit into the into the puzzle It's interesting, yeah. you know, the UK required a couple of years ago that all transactions be logged and reported to whatever their IRS is called, and we followed we followed suit, you know, uh, Robin Hood and Coin Desk, Coin Desk. I don't know. The <laughs> see now I'm gonna this is gonna bother me. Uh, the uh, the couple of, of bigger exchanges, Coinbase, uh, Crypto.com, uh, they all have, have reporting features for taxes now, too. So it's mainstream, and we're going to see more of this, is my guess. I don't know what we're, what's going to come out of this. I know there's been some talk that the U.S. wants to create its own digital currency. I don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, this executive order could have lots of possible... Um, effects in the industry and only time will tell what it looks like this week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime you know you get free shipping but you get a whole lot more uh, you get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to help support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a lot more than that. We've got links to all these features and some of our other favorites, plus a 30-day free trial right now available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right, I fixed the... Uh the spelling on the other one. Now I have to fix the price on that one by the next show. Uh, <laughs> sometimes if I say it out loud, it happens. Um, so in a follow-up, interestingly, to a story that we didn't get to cover because the week that it happened, uh, the show ended up getting canceled. Uh, <laughs> Square Enix has uh, announced that they have created a music channel on YouTube. Now, that may not seem terribly exciting to some of you, but what I can tell you is, it is. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a situation in which um, a very popular uh, YouTube channel that only uh, made available video game and anime music that was not available to stream uh, made it available on YouTube. He received some insane number of takedown requests um, ended up in court over it, and in the end, YouTube actually changed the way their DMCA uh, takedown requests work, um, 
they are now region locked, which they weren't before. Um, they made the decision that uh, content should only be removed in places where it's protected, which is an interesting move. But what it highlighted was that gamers and anime fans want access to the music. A lot of times you don't find it on Spotify, you don't find it on Apple Music. Sorry, Beats Music was all that was in my head. Um, <laughs> that's been renamed for years. Uh, on Amazon Music, anywhere like that. So, um, so making it available to the world was something that people wanted. And so uh, Square decided, all right, we'll pilot this for the industry. <laughs> And they have made a ton of stuff available. It's it's absolutely insane. I'm hoping that my laptop is uh, is muted over here because it's really got. I, I didn't want it to play. We've got Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, five, basically everything. Uh, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. At least everything through ten. Uh, there's there's chrono music. There's uh, all kinds of other stuff on here. Uh, obviously, uh, Square is real popular in Japan. There's not not all of their games are gonna be uh, gonna be recognizable to the West. But you know the fact that the Final Fantasy music. Let's just say that. The Final Fantasy music is available officially <laughs> to stream. I think that's going to be uh, going to be a, a big deal. On here right now, I'm looking at Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, there have been hundreds of thousands of streams already, and uh, Square did not make a huge deal about this. Um, just one track I'm looking at, uh, some 12,000, uh, streams so far. So, I mean, this is, this is proving that people want it, Abram. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess it's good for them that they're marketing it, right? Uh, they're, I mean, they're at least, at least they are making some small profit from this. Right. Although it kind of begs the question of why are they providing it on free YouTube when they probably could monetize it better? Cause I mean, YouTube doesn't pay creators that much. You're smiling. Um, like there's something else going on. Unless Google and one of their creator funds, uh, used it to, to pull them over, uh, which is possible. I think so, it's, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It if, seems... if you look at the, if you look at the idea that that you know this guy's YouTube channel got shut down, well, a lot of content got pulled, specifically for streaming Square stuff. Uh, Square was one of the people that went after him. Um, uh, there's already an established presence for listening to this music on YouTube. So. For YouTube to say, hey, can we keep this here? Eh, there might be some value in it to them. I mean, so, so far, they have, according to YouTube, they have four videos, only four videos up, unless there's two different channels here. But the Square, 
what's listed as the Square Enix music channel, 69,000 subscribers, has has four um, has four videos, and one of them just the intro video from five days ago, and the scroll, highest. Scroll down to the playlist. Okay. Um, Mellow Minstrel Mix. I see. Okay. okay. So, so it, I mean, it's hard to say they have 69,000 subscribers. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine them making a lot of money off of this, off of the views from this. Perhaps. Um, my, oh, see, that's the thing. If we go over to this channel, this channel has got one of the ones where they're actually keeping the music um, in the last 30 days, but the videos have only been up a week. Um, they've got 270,000. Oh, yes. 270,000 uh, views on on that channel uh, in the last week. Well, that's, that's, that's something. I mean, it's not going to displace, uh, you know, yeah, it's not going to Spotify and Amazon. Yeah. Spotify and Amazon aren't going to be afraid, but yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, granted you don't make a lot of money on Spotify, artists don't make a lot of money on Spotify anyway, right. but never, but nevertheless, um, I mean, it's good for, it's good for the consumer. That's for right. sure. So I'm, uh, I'm happy for, uh, folks who, who, who want to have the chance to listen to that music. And if square is going to make a, a big deal about this, it's going to keep their name in people's heads, which can only be good for them. So, no doubt. Yeah. So, obviously, this could be the beginning of a trend uh, within the industry. Uh, in the chat, hopefully we get this kind of stuff for the Doom soundtracks. Nintendo will follow suit. Agreed. Um, it is good that, that Square is the start here because uh, uh, some of the best music in the business agreed. Um, so, there's... And, so this particular channel that we've linked to in the article um, is like the the conglomerate. Uh, content is coming from from multiple sources. Um, they're pulling they're pulling content into uh, uh, into playlists from some other some other official sources like the composers of some stuff. Um, so. It's it's a nice like middle ground for all the content and like Alante says, hopefully we'll see this from some of the other game studios next, particularly Nintendo. You hear us, Nintendo? We want your music. Make it available, please. <laughs> well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We're chatting in the chat room tonight. We had uh, we had some great engagement over there. If you didn't join us live and would like to in the future. Normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, you can join us over on Twitch and YouTube uh, and chat with us in the studio. 
Uh, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, we've been including <laughs> some of the chat all night tonight, uh, and that is our norm. So come be part of the conversation. You might make it in the show. Uh, if you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live presents a whole lot more. And you'll see all the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. And of course, with that, uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.